happy, merry New Year. Watford are uh, unbeaten over the Christmas period. Welcome to From the Rickwind. And uh, Watford have just beaten, just beaten, Wolverhampton Wanderers 2-1 here at home. Uh, my name's John, with me is Jason. Hello there. And DCW. Happy New Year. Happy, happy New Year. Let's, let's be a bit weird and let's start at the end, uh, particularly the last 20 minutes. Was that the best 20 minutes of Watford season so far? I might just giddy from the win. <laughs> it's right up there. It was, it was heroic at the end, you know, shielding the ball in the corner, winning corners, winning free kicks. Uh, you know, as we, as we seem to say every week, really, Decor and Capu just absolutely running their hearts out, you know, and for the second game in a row although it was a lot closer this time we've seen a game out of 10 men for a long time 67 minutes I think absolutely second time we've uh, in a row that we've uh, seen out a game with 10 men <laughs> yeah uh, you know and we should start with 10 next week I think we'll be, able, we'll be okay <laughs> yeah I don't think my nerves could take that <laughs> even against Tranmere Rovers you know DCW's mentioned already there like the midfield how strong it was um, but particularly Richard and, uh, and, and John who sit near us um, Jason they were sort of saying Chalabar coming in instead of Will Hughes he was here he was there he was everywhere yeah we saw the industry from Chalabar that we've been getting from Hughes you saw him at the end I think it's quite telling that he was last off the pitch as he was sort of going around lapping up the applause he knows he's had a good game today as well which I think is very very important because we don't know where his head was he's not had the run of games that he would have wanted he's had his injury from when he sort of first joined a couple of seasons ago and he struggled to get back into the side since then so for him to put in a performance like that and for him to understand and know that performance, I think I think that's really good for us and for Nathaniel. The, the turning point for UDCW for me was it was is Kiko getting injured. Yeah, there was that weird spell where Kiko was obviously down and then and then went off, and we were playing with ten men what for about five minutes, and we just wouldn't boot the ball out. And in the end, Cabasali like acquiesced to the crowd's <laughs> demands and booted the ball out when he was under no pressure and then surrendered possession and a couple of minutes later the ball's in the back of the net from, from Wolves' point of view um, so it sort of backfired a little bit but that, that definitely was a turning point because you know Hollybass came on and you know probably a little bit rusty going up against one of the fastest players in the league one of the strongest players in the league Traore and he looked like he had a, you know, a, a bit of a tough opening few minutes and all of a sudden the momentum was just with Wolves and then obviously the red card just tipped it even further in their favour. But did, were they actually, did we, did, did, did we falter? Were we, were we you know, thinking about this so soon after the game, so soon after uh, the emotions that we've been going through? Actually, were Watford in control and soaking everything up? I think we did regain our composure a little bit. There was a rocky five minutes where, I, where you know, it, it looked a little bit panic stations. We couldn't get hold of the ball. We were giving it away. We were thrashing at it every time we got it. But, you know, we steadied ourselves. You saw Troy Deeney a lot just with his hand motioning, just calm down, don't worry, we're in control. And eventually we got there. But it was, it was, they, they were made to work for that, those three points a lot, lot harder than they were against Aston Villa the other week. You know, they were, they were, even in the last second, there was a chance for Wolves to score. You know, Wolves are a good team. They had the lion's share of possession in the first half, let alone the second half. Uh, and they'll be really disappointed today that they haven't got anything from, from that game, I think. I wonder, I wonder if the goal itself maybe even came as a surprise to, to Watford because it was a, it was a deflected long-range effort, wasn't it? And, and that's the first goal we've conceded under Pearson here, isn't it? And, and we didn't look like conceding really. Our Wolves are really good and we probably had a rocky 
spell in the first half where they had a good 10 minutes where they got behind us a couple of times with that thing that they do where they get their wing backs to cut inside and end up being the most advanced sort of players on the pitch they do that really well once we got that sorted out we looked good we looked comfortable didn't look like we were going to concede and that sort of long range effort we probably thinking oh yeah we can we can take those up we can cope with those it's taken a deflection it's gone in all of a sudden it's like oh god we've, we've conceded a goal and, and you just wonder if that gets in their heads and that that's probably where that then that sort of patch that, that followed that goal came into play because we were all of a sudden perhaps mentally just had to adjust and set ourselves again for the fight yeah, it, was, it was the two substitutions and the yellow card and, and the red card and uh, Kike going off I think just really threw things off quite a lot but let's talk about the goal DCW we scored two goals today and both of them came from open play the first one Jerry but not just Jerry it was a, it was a, a hard push from all of them to get that goal yeah, it was a nice assist from Saar, who, who himself earlier missed a really, really good chance a couple of minutes before that. But that is what we want to see from Delafeo: decisiveness. He didn't, you know, take an extra touch or try and go around his man. He just the, the chance was there, buried it in the bottom corner, like, like you know, like we know he can, and we we don't see that quite often enough from him, really. Uh, and it was brilliant. I thought it was another good performance from him today. He was running his heart out as well. At the end, he was diving into challenges. Still can't win a header for love nor money. But always jumps. <laughs> I don't think he tries to jump for them either. Always jumps, back, always jumps with his back, never his head. But but no, fair play to him. He, he has certainly upped his work rate, like all of them have under Pearson. An impressive goal. Um, and the second goal was a nice move as well. But uh, you know, help uh, helped with a pretty pretty huge deflection, wasn't it? Not, not as big as the Wolves deflection, I like to think. Uh, but but again, that interplay, you know, up front in that box, they were. It feels much more fluid and much more, many more of them involved uh, in our attack today. That's it, and you can see not just sort of that that front four, but then the midfielders get involved as well. We saw it uh, against Villa, and it's happening again today. Where Decore and Capu are happy to join into the attacks, they will look to, to occupy any spaces that. that become available because of the movement of the front four and they, they tend to what they're, what they're doing really well at the moment to me it seems is that those sort of wider channels they seem to make those runs into space out there that sort of gives the opportunity to get behind defenders and whilst I, I don't think that I, I'm trying to think of in the build up to the so the first, or sorry, no, the second goal, whether, whether that came from, uh, from Decore coming out wide initially. But certainly it worked against Villa when Caput did that for the, uh, for the third goal. And then also what I thought we saw a little bit more of today was all four players getting in the box. Maybe against Villa early on, we didn't do that as much. We didn't quite have the players in the box, whereas certainly today I thought we did. And that's where Decore obviously being in the box for, for his goal, that's where that came from. So getting players into the box so that we get on the end of these chances we talked about Saar getting in early crosses we need the other players to be there to, to convert those crosses we're going all over the place here back to the middle to the go the very beginning before the game started um, interesting move from Pearson uh, was to keep Dawson behind Zar in the back four is that just because he wants to have something a bit more solid behind him to give Saar the freedom or is he not trusting Messina and uh, quite yet yeah, it was interesting. I think I think both Messina and Holibas would be, you know, have, raising their eyebrows at that particular choice. You know, fair enough. Mariapa came in and Kiko's come in uh, as fullbacks because of injuries and suspensions, and they kept their place. But when an opportunity comes along, I think they'd both be thinking, right, I want to be in, you know, and and get a shot. But um, you know, Daw- Dawson did well, I think. 
I was a bit concerned when I saw him on the on the on the team sheet. Not the quickest player to play, be playing at fullback, but he did get booked in the first half, didn't he? But I think he put in a you know really good performance. I think it it does seem that Pearson likes a more solid you know option maybe in that role than worrying about going forward. The new year has started. And the new Watford are continuing to win games. Actually, here's a, here's a strange question. This is not a question we would have been asking about a month ago. Jason, is this game, uh, this win, bigger than the win that we got against Manchester United? I think so. Wolves are a very good side. We've already talked briefly about how well they play and how they sort of set up, um, and they're a quality side. And they, like us, they had a poor start to the season, but they turned it around very, very quickly. Um, and they rested players against Liverpool and still put in a, a decent effort against those guys bought back those quality players today um, but they weren't good enough but they weren't good enough and we yeah we beat them let's let's uh, yeah let's let's not play ourselves down there Wolves are a, a very good side they finished 7th last year as we know got to the FA Cup semi-final last year as we know and they're, and they're looking like they're going to challenge for a Europa League spot this season as well so to um, to beat them with 10 men great performance a podcast made by Watford fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. For the last few weeks, you've been taking part on social media of our vote and our search for Watford's favourite player that isn't Troy Deeney. So I'm going to start this, but before we announce the actual winner of this competition, first of all, the, the, the original winner of this competition, for the honour of it being named after him and him not being in it, the winner of Watford's favourite player of the last decade, is Troy Deeney. Um, he put out a tweet, did you see it the other day, DCW, with pictures of him, his 10-year challenge of a very young and very slim, uh, I had forgotten, uh, Troy Deeney. His contribution to this club isn't just on the pitch. It isn't just on the pitch in terms of goals. It is, it's it's a, the total contribution of any player that can ever give to a club, isn't it? Absolutely. It's it's hard to say things that hasn't haven't already been said a million times about Troy Deeney. You know, he is in this era he is Watford the single most important player at this football club that has been there for the last 10 years you know we you came along like 10 years ago with a podcast and so did Troy Deeney and it's been he's got a podcast no <laughs> it's, been play, it's been plain sailing ever since really isn't it uh, he's, a, he's a great man and there's a couple of times where we thought he might leave I think he thought he might leave a few times but he's you know I think he'll see out the rest of his career here to be honest with you and he is the word Legend gets used a lot uh, in football about all sorts of players, but he truly is the, the absolute definition of a, of a club legend. We'll uh, discuss where he sits in that, let's say, uh, uh, in the stratosphere of Watford uh, players, um, where he sits at the end of the season, running up to, to Troy's testimonial. But the results are in. The final ended up being Alan Abdi against Matty Vidra. Now, it was almost Alman Abdi against Lloyd Doyley because in the hours before I closed the voting, it was 50-50 between Lloyd and Matty Vidra. We will publish the full results of all stages, the group stages and the knockout stages, on our social media very soon. Uh, but the actual voting in the end between Lloyd and Matty Vidra was 49% to 51% heard that before uh, and it was uh, 579 to 594 uh, Alan Abdi got through against Freddy Gomez 683 to 492 but Alman Abdi with 64% of the vote is Watford's favourite player of the last decade that is in Troy Deeney Jason he was your choice why is it what is it because 
because yeah, we talked about everything that Troy did, you know, to try and match that. He was up against Matty Vidra, and the comments people got, you know, lots of people were against Matty being in there, and Lloyd should have been in there. Where we looked, DSW and I last week, you know, we looked, and it was like 100 games he played in this decade. Most of his career, I suppose, at Watford was in the previous decade. What is it about Alman Abdi that goes beyond being a good player? I think I've said it before, he just he played on the pitch. You could see he was enjoying his football. He always seemed to have a a smile on his face um, and just generally seemed to be a nice guy there were no sort of histrionics no bad boy image um, and you look at maybe some of the other players he was up against in, or players that got, got quite far in this competition Matty Vidra we know wanted, wanted out at the end of that first season wanted to sort of go off and, and play his trade in the Premier League and, and fair enough why not he, he had a great season that first season but to a Watford fan that's gonna that's not gonna put him in, in a great light obviously he came back um, scored a very important goal against Brighton scored a very a very very important goal against Brighton he liked playing against Brighton for some reason <laughs> seemed to always do well against those guys um, uh, and then sort of and he's I don't know if it's because he's then sort of hung around in the Premier League. He's playing with Burnley, not doing so well again. Um, whereas Elman, he sort of almost disappeared from our radar, didn't he? And so went to Sheffield Wednesday, didn't go at all well for him there. Problems with injuries. So he's tra- travelling the world at the moment, according to his Instagram. And, yeah, and perhaps, perhaps he... Perhaps he loved Watford so much that he just... <laughs> something disappeared from his heart when he left Vicarage Road that... That, uh, that summer that he went to Sheffield Wednesday but we saw him I think we only saw Alman in a good light he, he had sort of cameo appearances in uh, in the Premier League he scored a very important goal at Stoke yeah. if I remember rightly um, what was an, an important early away win for us up up in the Potteries uh, and, and I think that's it I think the fact that there's no nothing to tarnish Alman's image and we know he was a great player scored some great goals always going to be a winner DCW, do you have a favourite Alman Abdi moment? A uh, couple. Jason's mentioned the Charlton away game a few times. Um, that was that was you know a, a huge step on the road for us for that team to get moving. I think it was actually the first time I'd met all of you or some of you as well. I think yeah, my, I was sitting next to Mike. Um, so a memorable moment, a memorable game for <laughs> for, for, for many reasons. But um, my my favourite Alman Abdi moment actually was the away game at Fulham. When we beat him five nil, and he, I think he got goal of the season for that one, didn't he? That season, absolutely smacked it into the top corner in a fantastic win. Another win that that season really was the catalyst, I think, for us to go on the march and eventually get promoted. It was a little bit rocky before that. I think we'd lost four in a row, five in a row, yeah. Um, and Yukanovic never looked back after that. Um, and yeah, Jace is absolutely right. He he was a player that you'd love to have that sort of player in your team just as little mercurial sort of number 10 type player that you know he, he puts smiles on people's faces he does he, he was class absolute class you know all the goals he scored were usually pretty good uh, and he was just I think the fans took to him it was a great season and he was one of the best players in that team well that is the official official from the rookery end, <laughs> unofficial winner of Watford's Player of the Decade. That isn't Troy Deeney, Mr. Alman Abdi. We're the Orns, you're the Orns. Come on, you Orns! Boys, it's FA Cup, and if uh, regular listeners to the podcast over the last few years, 
will know that. I do like to do an FA Cup quiz. I'm not doing it this year because I've run out of Watford-based FA Cup questions. <laughs> but looking ahead to our third round match at Tranmere, Jason, I think we'll see some changes, do you think? I would imagine so. So we're going to look back to not quite but almost 10 years ago when Watford won 4-1 at home to Hartlepool in the third round, Saturday the 8th of January. The team were all from the British Isles and Ireland and your job is you get one life each. Can you name me the players in that game against Hartlepool? Jason, who are you going to go with first? Scott Loach. I'm not going to give it to you. <laughs> he was an unused sub. Oh, was it? Oh. Uh, <laughs> he didn't get on the pitch. He did not get on the pitch. So it's your first life gone, Jason. <laughs> By the way, if you're playing at home, uh, you, you give yourself, press pause, write down as many names as you think you can have and see if you can outstay DCW and Jason. DCW. Gosh, he was in goal then. Um... I'll, I'll, I'll leave you to think for that one, Jace. Um, uh, right. Was Hodson playing? Lee Hodson did not play in this game. Oh, come on. There are a lot of players. In fact, this game was uh, highlighted by Nick Cox, the former Watford Academy boss, because of the number of uh, Watford Academy players that play. There were, in fact, uh, eight played on the pitch so I think if I if I'm remember correctly Mingoya scored Pierre Mingoya scored a goal in this match didn't he well, that, is that, is that, you've, you've had your well, that's one point to DTW <laughs> okay, Pierre doing, Mingoya yeah. I think we're going we're going A, B, B, A <laughs> now <is> that, yeah. <laughs> that means I'm now we'll get two damn uh, okay if, if it's not going to be loads I'm going to take a punt on the goalie then I think Richard Lee <laughs> no oh. René Gilmartin oh, was the goalie and he stayed in for the whole God. game. <laughs> I'm so disappointed you, Jason. Oh, I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't at the go. In fact, this is, this is what's good about this year's FA Cup third round. It's probably for the first time in years I'm going to be able to go to this game because it always used to be our no, works yeah. party sort of around that weekend and, and we're not doing it this year. So I get to go to the FA Cup third round for the first time in ages. DW. Come on, who else? Uh, name one and you, and you win, but who else can you think of in that starting 11? Marvis Sordell. He, yes. Uh, Martin Taylor. Yes. Um, Adam Thompson. No. <laughs> I'm sure if I was going to go, I was going to go Lloyd next. Lloyd, yeah, Lloyd. Um, so, uh, Danny, Danny Graham. Danny Graham came on as a sub, yep. Yeah. Who did he come on as who did, who did Danny Graham go on as a sub for? Um, what, wait, actually, what year are we talking about? 2011. 2011. Is Liam Henderson still here then? No, he came on for Troy Deeney. Oh, <laughs> uh, Also in that team, uh, Adrian Mariapa. Okay, yeah. uh, Lloyd Doyley, Dale Bennett, Will Buckley, Stephen McGinn. Ross Jenkins, the second, Pierre Mangoya, Matty Wichelow, uh, Troy Deeney, Danny Graham, Marvin Sordell and Gavin Massey. The unused sub, subs were oh. Scott Loach, Eddie Ashoddy, Adam Thompson and Sean Murray. OK, so, uh, so no Craig Forsyth either because that was another one I was going to throw out there. No, he was not on the team. Uh, I'll <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, I'm a little disappointed, lads. Not, yeah, um, but that Tranmere game—is um, anyone you particularly want to see uh, in that 
that starting 11 or least come on at some point? Oh, there's only one man, <laughs> surely. We want to see João Pedro, don't we? Yes. You know, just like um, Peñaranda got his first outing uh, um, away at uh, Woking. <laughs> um, a similar sort of unglamorous fixture for his introduction to British football. But um, yeah, well, I think we all want to see him chuck him in and it'd be nice to see Keener get on the pitch I think and just some of those guys that haven't haven't had the minutes you know this is an opportunity to get get people in and get get them playing and build some of their confidence up as well especially with with Cabaselli going off and 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 Kiko being injured you're sort of going well actually where is the depth in our squad and where where are they getting their minutes of of play so Jason who, who else do you want to get on that pitch and playing uh, either Daniel Bankman or Pontus Delberg I'd like to at least have a, have a look at those guys uh, see, see one of them perhaps, perhaps they can do a half each let's see <laughs> see how we go um, but yeah I've just seen Delberg walk past about 10 minutes ago um, so they're obviously still hanging around so it'd be nice to see one of them at least get some, get, get some game time just, to, yeah, just a chance to play at Vicarage Road we'll see what happens at kickoff is it one minute past three or something weird like that the kickoff have you seen that? Yeah, that's what's been advertised. Not sure why. We'll have to look into that. Yeah. Um, and that game kicks off on Saturday. Uh, Watford at home to Tramway Rovers. Third round of the FA Cup. I'll see if I can come up with another, maybe slightly easier, FA Cup quiz. Thank you very much for listening uh, to uh, From the Weekend across the Christmas period. Um, I know it's been quite a fun listen because, hey, we've been winning games and getting lots of points. But uh, welcome to a new decade. Uh, and let's see if it can be an absolutely amazing one for Watford. Can it be better than the last one? We can only tell with a little bit of time. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. Thank you, DCW. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you after Drambeer. Come on, you.